Welcome to Anyone. This is Tay Tay, and I appreciate y'all. Welcome, welcome. Um, with this episode, we get to sit down with uh, Moenfa Lewis, uh, creative in uh, Kansas City, uh, about to exit Kansas City, actually, who uh, was one of the co-founders for uh, what what we're calling a lifestyle brand. It's kind of hard to kind of pin down what by design is, which is the name of this uh, brand, because it's so many things. Um, and uh, you know, this, this, the, I got to pick his brain on so many things that I'm kind of interested in at the moment, branding, advertising, the creative life, uh, what it could do for an individual, for all of us. Um, and it was, you know, it's everything I thought it would be, uh, really happy I reached out and, uh, this was a fun one. So, uh, with that, um, here's the conversation with Mwenfa Lewis. going on we're sitting here with uh Mwenfa lewis and um how are you doing i appreciate you sitting down giving us time i'm great and i appreciate you reaching out um it'll be fun yeah absolutely it. absolutely and and the, and the reason i appreciate it so much is because i get the sense that this could be like a hectic time in your life if uh if you kind of maybe want to get into why that might be the case i feel like you know maybe <laughs> this is like a good like milestone for you yeah um that's interesting it's hectic but not hectic but yeah i'm Getting ready to move to New York from Kansas City to New York. Uh, this will be my first time living outside of the Missouri, Kansas area. Um, so, yeah, I, I've been working in New York since November, like working at a job there and advertising. So I've been there for a little bit in terms of like employ, but now I'm actually making the move to live in New York. Um, so not only to work there, but also to enjoy and chase and go after whatever New York has to offer. So. I'm excited. And yeah, it, it, it does sound super exciting, but but uh, we'll, we'll run the clock just a little bit. And mm -hmm. uh, I think it's kind of interesting how I get the sense that you might have had a different degree and a focus through education than what you maybe did right oh. out of school and where you're ending up in right now. So like, yeah. so where did you go to school? What did you go to school for? Yeah, yeah. So I originally did my undergrad at K-State, Kansas State University. Dope. My brother um, went to K-State. He's a Wildcat too. So oh, right nice. on, right on. So yeah, class of 2016, that was a good run. But yeah, I, I initially got my degree in finance with a with a minor in like American ethnic studies, which is kind of like um, race, things like ethnicity, like, you know, those type of things. So um, got my degree in finance. Even, you know, it's funny. I knew it wasn't for me probably a year into that program. So I didn't really get into that. I knew I wanted to be in business to an extent, but... I know it wasn't for me back in undergrad, but I just I got encouraged by some really trusted mentors at K-State to just power through, finish through, do what you can. Like, don't waste the money. I was like, okay. I can't tell you how big that is <laughs> that you found a mentor, like somebody really like tell you that this is not unique to you. Right. Yep. Like and, yep. and there's some universal languages and some of the stuff that you're learning and that will help you in almost any domain you maybe want to take it in. I'm only just yep. coming across this as a fucking thing that is useful. OK, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, you know, you can't see it because like. You know, universities are always going to, especially people that work in universities and, and very specifically within the college of business or business schools, like they have corporate sponsors and jobs that are looking 
and are working with you and giving universities money so that you can filter into their jobs. So, you know, I didn't know what I would end up getting into now, just advertising. I didn't know that world existed and how it worked. Like I knew it was a thing, but I didn't know like how robust it was. Cause you know, technically I probably should have been in marketing, but you know, what I was told what was marketing was basically sales. And they always say, well, you need to get into sales before you can take a real marketing role. I was like, well, I don't want to do that. Mm. So I just like, well, let me just stick with finance and see where it goes. Um, so I ended up graduating from that. I didn't really do a lot of work to try to find a really interesting job because I really wasn't into it. So I ended up going where I ended up interning, which is a, a, a bank out here or like an institutional bank. Yeah. Um, and I worked there for about almost almost four years. It was terrible. Uh, <laughs> at first it was okay. Cause it was like my first big boy job. Yeah. But you know, for the longest time, you know, we were underpaid, hmm. um, oh. over time, over time we ended up working really hard. It was one of those companies and overall just wasn't what I wanted to do. It wasn't even like, I don't think finance is cool, but it was probably the least cool out of all the stuff in finance in terms of being in operations and banking. So it was like super boring. I hated it, but Thankfully, in the meantime, which I think this is always part of my personality, I knew I wanted to do something creative because I was able to pick up a camera towards the latter end of my undergrad like life at K-State. So I was like taking pictures. I was doing concepts. I was researching careers. I knew I didn't want to do this finance thing. Mm -hmm. So I learned what a, I didn't know to the extent of what it was. But I learned what a creative director was. It's was like, OK, I don't want to take pictures to like take family photos. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I was like, oh, I want to be a creative director. I didn't know what that meant, but like. That was like my ambition role. Interesting. So and and and, yeah. and the, it's kind of interesting because I'm just now embracing that intersection between design and commerce. Mm -hmm. And usually, it come we come creatives come from the design creative uh, world, and then we start thinking about interacting like with businesses and yeah. maybe becoming a creative director when we don't actually understand what that is. Because <laughs> the creative director is the interface between the business world and the design it world. Can be. Yeah, and, and the art director maybe is more hands-on. You're just doing design mm -hmm. stuff. Mm -hmm. And yeah. that might be really what we think we want to do. Yeah. And the creative director has like all the prestige and everything like that. But uh, <laughs> but uh, uh, like it's actually interesting that you came from the opposite direction in a world yeah. like you understand business intimately mm -hmm. and you then started getting into design. Yeah, I, I think... Uh, I always was a creative person. Okay. Like growing up, I always was creative. Like I, I drew, but I, you know, I created out of also like a lack of having. So it's like, oh, we don't have a lot of stuff to do. So I'm just going to creatively do something stupid. Like me and my friends used to make like skits in school. So like, you know, that, that was a way of flexing my creativity or, you know, when I was a kid, I used to draw a lot or, or color or paint and do stuff like that. So, or like I would just, my imagination would take, like I'd just create leagues in my head or like I had this idea for a video games. So I'd like create teams, which everybody did, but like mm -hmm. I create like how, what type of players I wanted. Cause I'd watch TV. I was like, Ooh, okay. Um, they got like that passing quarterback, like a Peyton Manning. Okay. I'm gonna build that team like Peyton Manning. Mm -hmm. Okay. I'm gonna build this team. Like, you know, whatever, like a Ladanian Thomason's the star player here mm -hmm. and like build my own. So like, I was always that type of creative person and like curating my situations. But really, I think at towards the end of undergrad, I really wanted to like express myself, which is what took me like, to, to picking up a camera. Um, but yeah, like I think the business side is just my personality of like, and I tell people all the time, I am not a spontaneous creative at all. Like I'm very mm. planned out. And I think that's always been my personality. I like to think things through. I'm very analytical. 
I have a strategic mind in terms of like, oh, we should consider doing A, B, and C. Like, I don't like to just, I am not a free flowing type of person. So, and, and, and funny thing is I got into finance trying to reconcile with myself on how it'll be cool. Interesting. Yeah, because I was like, well, you know, because I, I care a lot like about people. So I was like, yes, well, let me let me learn some stuff about economic liberation from like, you know, I was in that, that age. And it makes college. sense with the dual major that you had right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I was like, OK, well, let me you know, let me learn more about economic liberation. So I was reading a couple books here and there and um, and I was trying to like get into that. But I just I couldn't find peace <laughs> within the world of finance. So I was learning so much from a corporate side and I'm just seeing how all these businesses are, you know, avoiding taxes and how accounting really works where it's there's practices and standards but at the same time there's like survival at the end of the game at the end yeah of the like there's okay. survival yeah 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 so yeah. like okay all right <laughs> we get to the crux of it because i feel like this happens to a lot of creatives and it's really interesting to where you you if you feel like you're compromising on things like if you don't have this like big like mm-hmm. a compass that has a north star or you have an understanding of like a large big picture of what it is that you could do in this world the day-to-day compromises of your values like feels terrible and uh a lot of these businesses that you end up interacting with on like you know the corporate level like Mm -hmm. and i don't want to like morally charge it i'm not like this anti-capitalist kind of person i think you know gradation is like it could get you know out of hand but uh 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 what what do i want to say like some of these corporations their values run downstream from their needs. Mm-hmm. Yep. And it, 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 it's kind of uh, to understand that it's tough when you, you think that your needs should run downstream from your values uh, on an individual level. And how do you like reconcile that? So like, um, how do you it, it, try to make that smarter for me? Does that make sense? Does that track? Like, is that something that you're grappling with? Yeah, I think it was understanding that there's not like what they say they want to do in the world. Yeah. Versus the need to maximize shareholder value is two different worlds and they're they're always at clash with each other so you know many times we fall for the mission statement mm-hmm. we'll fall for what they ultimately want to do from a vision standpoint what they share in terms of their pov on the world mm-hmm. but what we always fail to realize until we get into the mechanics is that at the end of the day they're trying to maximize shareholder value or they lose their jobs it's so what maximizing shareholder value means you know they're going to when it comes to their accounting practices, they're going to report it a particular way to to, mm-hmm. to make sure investors continue to invest. Like, oh, okay, that's not that bad. Yeah. Or they can flip it or, or build a narrative for themselves so that they can maintain, if not increase their shareholder value. When it's, it, it's crazy how much yeah. business is storytelling. Yeah. It really, it really is, is crazy. Yeah. Yeah. You, we have this understanding of numbers as binary, true or false, but like, it's crazy how much of it is actual storytelling. Because yeah. it's, it's the way, it's all about the way you report. It's even like, wow. you know, for example, um, at my current job now, we're, we're, we're working on a project and we're trying to select some influencers from, from Instagram for the project. And the, the, our client, they're, they kind of come from a PR background. So they want to know, like, what you're following? Like, are people engaging with you on social media? We want to know. Like, so there's certain metrics that they're looking at. Yep. And one of those things is engagement rates. Now, of course, in finance, you learn that you can't over index on one metric right Mm -hmm. because it's not going to tell the whole entire story yeah now some people will try to lean heavy on that with their reporting but technically you're not supposed to do that but you know as i was presenting that to them we were concerned about one particular influencer because their engagement rate wasn't as high as the others but they still had a good engagement rate Mm -hmm. mind you like if you're above like a 1.75% in yeah. engagement rate on yeah. Instagram. You're doing great. Interesting. Yeah. Which but, sounds so, I mean, that, that, 
I think I guess it's called KPI, like a, yeah. a key performance indi- indicator. But mm-hmm. like, it seems super low based off of like only like like close to two percent is like a good of your followers, right? Yep, yep, yep. That's really interesting. But and, anyways, yeah. and and like some of the guys like had like one had like a seven percent, like it's ridiculous. The, is thing. it higher than Drake? I think Maybe. Drake. I think is like at a five percent or something. Killer, killer. That's crazy. Seven percent. Yeah, like fuck? it's insane. The other guys are like Jesus around Christ. four. So like they're doing really well. Yeah. So like so how do you get more of a holistic understanding of like uh like i guess because it is easy because like the, mm-hmm. the reason those exist is because it translates to somebody who's not necessarily in mm-hmm. the weeds of social media and all that yeah. kind of stuff so like how do you get an, a whole moralistic understanding of like we shouldn't just disregard this four percent here I, you got to make the argument and like it's all part of business and storytelling what is the story i'm going to tell you so that you don't over index on the fact that their engagement percentage is only a two point percent and i think that was the realization i made that argument too i was like i think we're over indexing on this number but knowing, and it's always big picture, if we work with this particular artist, it's still going to make some noise. Like, I understand they need to be ensured that this person is worth whatever investment that we put into it. But at the same time, and this is with all businesses and whatever, you have to shape the narrative to get what you want. And we learn that we have to shape the narrative to get what we want. And these businesses do that. I'd rather do that from a marketing standpoint. I'm not saying, look, marketing and advertising has its own issues okay like <laughs> i am not defending that industry like every industry in this country you know Man, has its problems i'm saying but um I, I would rather do that because there's a joy in creativity i love creativity and i feel like what we do with marketing and advertising allows us to one touch like there's there's a level of people that may not be in that industry that we are allowed to work with people that are really influencing culture people that are really shaping the way that we see the world we get to work with people like that, depending upon like where you're at in that industry. But then also, like, I think it's a little bit easier for us to throw you the bag. Like in finance, like we're not going, what are we going to do? Like they're not going to, they're trying to maximize shareholder value. Mm-hmm. We're trying to like show our value, but hey, at least we get to create some work that could impact the next, you know, mm-hmm. black or brown child that can put money in the opportunity of artists because, you know, we're in the know. And I'm not saying that happens all the time, but I like being in proximity to culture and working in a marketing standpoint where I can tell stories to people that look like me, or at least do my best to do that. So yeah, like I can, I, marketing and advertising was a little bit easier to like reconcile in my mind of like doing the work Man. because yeah. as I was trying to be a photographer and like balancing working at a bank, I always knew the power of visuals. And I think, and I, I've told this a part of my story before, like social media, I'll never badmouth social media. Yes, it has, people reveal themselves with whatever technology you give them. But social media mm. opened the door to a gateway of opportunity, to a gateway of possibilities. Yeah. And if it wasn't for social media, I wouldn't be where I'm at right now at all. So is that a disposition? Like, is it, mm-hmm. it's kind of really interesting because, you know, it, it is almost like the, the, the I don't know. The world is kind of messy and I don't want to be too cynical. Like, but you and I had a question in my head and you answered it a little bit about what's the argument to lean in? To the mm-hmm. world, to the messy world, because like a lot of it makes you want to lean back and be like, I don't want to be a part of this. Yeah. Whether it's all the way down to like grassroots or just like social media is like, you know, the documentaries that come out that social media is terrible and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. All the way up to like feeling like you are part of a machine that's actually working against the people in the communities that you fucking mm-hmm. like. But like the argument, you know, I, there is a disposition to where like maybe it just needs more of us. Like there is an argument to kind of lean in mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. So like I'm just trying to, I was trying to navigate that, and I think I made the wrong choice in the past. Mm-hmm. And it's nice to kind of hear the way you think about it and and does any of that make sense does any of that track yeah i mean i think it's tough because i wouldn't say i'm a let's try to make the system work for us 
Like I'm, I'm, I wouldn't say I'm that because I think it's fundamentally there's just too many fundamental issues in terms of how these structures and institutions have been built that it's kind of hard to like make it because there, there's something inherently wrong about how these systems work. Mm-hmm. It, it just is. Even if it doesn't, even if, it, if they try to correct that and correct course, there's still fundamentally something wrong. And it's about the the exploitation of people that, mm-hmm. that just at, at its core, that's what it is. Mm-hmm. But I think what I try to do is. It took me a little while to understand my dog. You're one person. So you, you can come in here all you want to and like say I'm down this, that like you're an unwilling participant, whether you want to do it or not. So within me being a participant in these systems, do I want to be someone that does their best to protect it? Or do I want to be someone that tries to, from my position, try to ease up those, those, the pressure and the weight of what systems do to other people as it affects me too? So I try to be someone that, you know, tries to use whatever the system is within that and whatever my power is to just uplift, to inspire, to encourage, not to be someone that is fully trying to protect what exists already. If some people burn that mug down today, cool, whatever, like (laughs) we'll figure it out. (laughs) But like if if I'm in that time, I'm going to definitely do my best to be a positive person. And I appreciate people like that because. In every industry, you're going to run into black and brown people that understand, you know, this mug is messed up. I'm going to have to get you this job so you can get some money, take care of yourself, take care of your family. Or, yo, I'm going to put you onto this opportunity. We got this going on. I think that's the way to approach it. And that's what I had to learn. Like, I can be as Mr. Stand Up all I want to. And I commend people that do. But at the end of the day, I'm a participant. Like, mm-hmm. I didn't build this system. Mm-hmm. I didn't construct this system. I'm just an unwilling participant in it. Mm-hmm. So what am I going to do to make the most out of it? And and I kind of got that sense even early when we, when I walked in mm-hmm. and uh, I was just like so appreciative of the fact that you gave me any time. If you get you gave a comment about how, you know, if I have time, you know, I'm just going to go ahead and go for it. You, yeah. you, I get the sense that you maybe more than other people, definitely more than me, can recognize an opportunity in front of you instead of in the rearview mirror. Because I feel like that's all of us. We kind of yeah. look back and like, I didn't realize all the opportunities I had at that time. And uh, I guess, you know, instead of lamenting this, 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 mm-hmm. you found a couple of levers that you could pull to really make the space the way you want to make it or make, you know, um, uh, a way for, for other people that kind of maybe you didn't have coming up or did have coming up. Yeah. I mean, I like shooting the shit. There's that. But um, I think overall, yeah, I just try to be my, like, I always remember, and I'm not saying I like made it yet. I mean, I've, I've done cool things, but like, I think overall, I understand what it is to be that creative that's hungry. Like, Doing the work, which, oh, we haven't even mentioned it yet. Doing the work with By Design. Oh, it's coming. Yeah, doing, it is coming. <laughs> doing the work with, within my photography and trying to learn more and, like, get out of the industry that, that I was in. Like, it made me, like, I'll never, I'm just that type of person. And it's the way I grew up, too. Like, I'm always going to remember where I came from. And I'm always going to remember the feelings that happened when I was trying to make something happen. And I'm always remember the people that didn't give me the time of day. And I'm always appreciative for those that gave me the time of the day. So I always try to be cognizant of that like someone's trying to get their content out they're trying to get their their um, podcast going or they're trying to make the shoot happen if i genuinely don't have time you know i let them know but i'm always willing to refer connect whatever i need to do to like keep that going because man we'd have worked so hard in kansas city to build up this creative scene from our perspective and from our pov like we really believe what we're talking about so i could never like sit there and like leave somebody hanging mm. if i if i had the time or i could make it work or you know, I felt like I was good enough for the job to make it work. So, yeah, and I think that's something that creativity has taught me along the way. And I feel like it's very important for a lot of creatives to understand, like, nothing's going to be perfect. No one's going to approach you the right way, per se. 
Like, I think we get so many caught up in these these weird formalities that don't really exist. I think there's a there's a level of respect that should be granted. But um, I, I think too many times we make things too complicated. And we yeah, you, I don't know. I don't know if you ever saw the tweet of like the lady who's working in HR and she did an interview with a black woman, unfortunately. But she was like, yeah, because she didn't ask for more. We gave her 85 K annually when the position you know, could get up to 130. Was he bragging about that? Was he bragging about underpaying somebody? They're essentially, yeah, they're trying to use it as a warning oh, to okay. always ask okay. for more. And I'm yeah. like, I never want to be that person. Yeah. We always create these weird formalities, invest in the system, trying to like, look, I meet people where they are. Yeah. So if I'm ever in that position, you asking for 85 and I know you can get 130, I'm going to send you yeah. an email unless you yeah. know you can make this yeah. like you're asking for a little too much Absolutely. about this much. Absolutely. Cool. So it's like, uh, that's my approach to everything. Like I never want to be that type of person that creates weird formalities, weird um, traditions or, or weird gatekeeping yeah. to stop people from being successful. When in reality, I've worked so hard to like cultivate a community that, that operates the same way. So I couldn't do it. And you've mentioned by design a couple of times, and mm-hmm. that's like a good way that I would actually describe some of the, like one of the events that I actually went to by design and I'm, I'm, you know, mm-hmm. I'm, us creators, we're over, we overdo it in our heads sometimes. We tell ourselves like kind of unproductive stories. So like just going into a space where maybe you don't really know too, mm-hmm. that many people, it was a really welcoming place. You want to talk about no. gatekeeping, like it just felt like a welcoming space and it was, yeah. it was really fun. It was one over by uh, the West Bottoms. Uh, is it Fetchmo? Uh, oh yeah, yeah, it was yeah, like Fetch. Small, okay, yeah, after yeah, hours, that, yeah. that stuff we did. Yeah, yeah. it was fun as hell. Uh, um, and I guess, I guess we can kind of uh, get into by design. Mm-hmm. Um, how, how would you describe it to somebody who hasn't heard of it and uh, uh, who you did it with? Yeah. Um, so by design is a creative lifestyle brand is what we call it. I.e. we do a variety of things, but we're most known for our publication. So we've had a magazine for well since the beginning. Um, we produced six issues. So previously we we're producing two issues a year. And then, of course, once the pandemic happened, we just started doing one a year. Uh, but then beyond that, we're kind of more of the media direction at first. We're doing online content, um, social media content, and then we kind of shifted gears and really went strong into the apparel um, kind of side and like just lifestyle products, storytelling, things of that nature. So, yeah, that, that's what I say. What we did, I like it started um, with three myself, um, Justin and Tony, though that's the kind of like the core. Mm-hmm. But then we've had a variety of team members throughout the year that have kind of stuck on and, and stayed around. Um, shout out to Quentin um, and, and the rest of them. Uh, a lot of great talented writers, our friends Kayla and, and Nikita. But uh, we've had a, a variety of help throughout the years, talented people that we work with. But yeah, the core three has always been me, Justin and Tony. And I think we made it special when we started it. It was originally supposed to be a lookbook project that I had proposed and I didn't know Tony yet. I, me and Justin and went to K-State together. Uh, we we're friends already. I moved back to Kansas City. He had moved. He had lived in Dallas for a little bit, then he moved to Kansas City. Okay, so, so, so when you say look, mm-hmm. when you say you wanted to make a lookbook, that's when yeah. you, that by the time I started it. So what yeah. is a lookbook and what was the goal with that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, it was good storytelling. So <laughs> around 2018, so a little bit after undergrad, as I'm working at the bank, I'm also doing photography out here. I've been meeting a lot of different people. Um, meeting a lot of black creatives, um, random people too. I just remembered the other day, side note, that I took this random white kid's grab photos. He just found me and that was really cool. <laughs> I looked back, I was like, damn, I gave him some good photos. Like I found him, but anyway, um, I, was, I was kind of building that. 
And um, and it was your it was your side thing. So yeah. like it, it it allowed you to say yet probably yes to more. And plus the power to say no is really important as a creative. Yeah. You don't have the power to say no. Dude, the creative life can suck. So like you were making money another way. But anyways, I right, go ahead. Yeah, I mean I was I wasn't saying no all the way just because yeah. it was all new to me and which, I was I was there for the challenge. Which as a creative, that's probably how it should be. You should go do some bullshit just to see what you like and what you don't. Like. And you're not hung up on the money. Yeah. And then you were talking about about like just being transparent. Like I, I've been playing life like poker, mm-hmm. and I'm more and more starting to lay my cards on the table and. And you can really understand how much conflict resolution is just like, just saying what you need. Yeah, just say what just you need. Just what the hell? Just say what the fuck you need. Just say what you need. Just say what you need. It saves so many problems, especially as a creative. Like, just be honest. It's not an ego thing. It's no. not, if it doesn't work for you, it doesn't work for you. Just, we can get into that. Yeah, but, 1,000%, uh, but all right, keep going. Yeah, yeah, so photography was going well. I was meeting more people. Um, I, was, I was really into concepts. So I wasn't really into like photography meetups that much. Like, I didn't like, just spontaneously, let's go. I like to have more control mm-hmm. and I like kind of playing around with more stuff. Like, oh, here's a really dope location. Okay, let's style them this way. So I, I started getting more into concept photography specifically, which I think is what I always wanted to get into. And um, I really wanted to, I did this like, no, it was before, no. So I was wanting to do more. So I was like, I really wanted to find a project to get the hell out of finance, get yeah. the hell out of banking. So I was like, okay, I want to work with more brands. I want to work with those type of guys, do concept shoots. So I was like, okay, I'm going to do a lookbook. I want to do a long-term project. Mm-hmm. Long-term projects always work out. So I was like, I'm going to do a lookbook. And what the lookbook is going to be is that it's going to feature, it's going to be a print little lookbook and it's going to feature black men in these various concepts. And we're going to use local brands and we're going to fit them because it's all about inspiring and uplifting black people. Because I made a commitment in college. Like once I started doing creative stuff, I was like, everything I do is going to be uplifting us. Like I'll work with anybody, but like, Anything I do, I'm going to uplift us. So I was like, okay, yeah, it'll be that. We'll have some black women with all. I was like, I'll plan this. But I was like, okay, I can't do this by myself. So I was like, I need to think about how do I bring this project to life? Because I never did anything like this before. Now, mind you, what's funny is like, I always wanted to be like published in a magazine as a photographer. I always wanted to have a print publication. I've seen so many photographers on Instagram have various photography books, end up in cool magazines. Mm. Like I'm exposed to this world now. So this was kind of my version of doing that. Um, but there was no, <laughs> I was like, I know I needed help. So I reached out on Instagram. I made like this really dark, random, like, you know, the little black screenshot with text. So mm-hmm. I did that and like vaguely described what I'm working on, how I needed some help. Mm. So who would be our co-founder? Tony would reach out. Now me and Tony didn't know each other, but we'd been following each other. And I was like, I like this dude's style, like menswear type of guys. I was like, okay, cool. So he reached out. I was like, cool. Like I low key was kind of targeting him because we've been following each other. So I was like, okay, cool. Bet. So I was like, hey, let me send you an email with my idea. Let me put it all together. Now, 2018 Monfoy was not the best writer in terms of like concise putting it together. Yeah. Where I am now is a God's blessing from where I was back then. So I sent him this terrible long email. Meaning like a somewhat of a, like a creative brief before you even knew what a creative brief yeah, was. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah. So I was, I'm, I'm much more of a brief, like to the point writer and like, stuff like that and like more effective. Yeah. Back then I was not. So. Yeah, no, I mean, <laughs> the more words you use, though, it's actually kind of interesting. The more words you use, the less you actually understand what the hell you've yep. been trying to do. Exactly. Conciseness is there, but all right, yeah. Thank God he got it. Yeah. So he's like, yeah, I'm down. All right. I was like, that was easy. So I was like, hey, let's let's meet up. Let's meet each other in person. This is before I was really tapped into like the local coffee scene. So I was like, let's meet at a Starbucks. Let's go there. <laughs> like, okay, cool. So we met at a Starbucks and we hit it off right away. We we're into a lot of the same stuff. Now, mind you, he was coming into the saying he doesn't mind being the model and also helping style because that's kind of what I was asking for. Little did I know this Negro is very talented at graphic design. 
He's very talented. He shoots his own videos. He has a, a marketing mind, nice. content creator mind. I'm like, bro, this is amazing. I was like, we have to work together. Was it instinctual or was it formal? Like, did he go to school for it? Or was it like more just like it was more He was an architect. See, this yeah. is what I'm talking about here. <laughs> See, y'all are coming from different worlds where yeah. you really have a formalized method of attacking a thing. Uh-huh. And then that translate like this is this is how things need to be attacked now. We need to start. If you want to be creative, be an engineer, then get into your creative yeah, stuff. Yeah. Like this is this is what I'm talking. It's, I'm not it's surprised important. at all. It's important. God. And I always feel like, and I'll side note, I always jokingly said to him because I've seen it's like architects have the best eyes. They do. So when it comes to photography and like camera work, he has a great eye. Interesting. Um, another, I know a couple of photographers in school. They're always good with cameras. Hmm. Like they just always had a good eye. So he he was just he. To this day, clearly he's viral and stuff, but like Tony's like has always had like a great mind and like a great eye. So we hit it off so well. I was like, I, I need another person though. So Justin and I had been hanging out a lot in KC, like basically as part of my like we're a core friend group at this point. And he and you eventually you'll have to hear it from him, but like I think he took a liking to me, just my ambition. Mm-hmm. Like this dude's out here doing these photo shoots not getting paid just like Mm -hmm. trying to make something happen right Mm -hmm. so he would always just tag along with certain things like he'd always tag along with me or like he'd always he tried to like i jokingly say he was trying to be like my manager for a little bit like telling (laughs) me what i need to get into trying to hook me up with gigs trying to get me signed so i'm like bro relax like stop that's really interesting so So, like where's he what world is he coming from so justin um was just in business like he was um he was kind of like a marketing I don't even know how to describe his initial role when he moved to Kansas City, but he worked at like this, I think it was like a healthcare data or something tech okay. company in Dallas, moved up here, took a job at like a marketing kind of oh, so salesy role. Okay. Right. But then he would kind of transition. Once he got his MBA, he transitioned yeah. more to finance role. Yeah. Now he's in like market, like product management. Yeah, which I, I saw that. Yeah. And that's like such a, I don't even know what that means. Like that could be <laughs> anything, but it sounds impressive. But Justin is a cool, cool people, like yeah. for real, like working with them, like he just, just, there's something to be said about like the energy you bring to a situation and it's something I need to learn, but like that's, he, he, it, I don't know if it comes natural to him or if it's a decision, but it, he has it. He's just a relaxed dude. Like he, he is someone that. Comfortable with who he is maybe and where he is in life and where he's going. Yeah. It's, it's not fun being around people who are uncomfortable with who they are, where they are, where they're going. It, it used to like, I used to see it as like an apathy sometimes, but then I learned just over time and knew I was wrong where this is so much of apathy, but Justin, if he don't want to do it, he don't want to do it. Mm-hmm. And actually, I appreciate that the most about him. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you got to force him to do something. But like <laughs> most times, though, like, oh, like you genuinely like if his heart isn't into it, he's not feeling or he's not seeing yeah. it. Yeah. Like, I appreciate his willingness to walk away. Yeah. And I think that sort of relaxes because, you know, like if he's here and he's kind of in tune, he wants to be there. And I think that's always like the most reassuring thing of working with Justin. So. Yeah, I, I brought him in. Like, I called him. I was like, hey, like, I just met this dude. He's hella talented. You know, da 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 da. Like, I want you in on this. Like, let's make this work. And I think simultaneously at the same time, Justin, Justin had also kind of, as I've been chasing this creative thing and speaking up for creatives, he was like anti creative at first. But like, <laughs> He, but he was a creative guy. He's, he's, he was yeah. like, like he's a good he's good in front of the camera. Yeah. Like I get the sense that like that's like that's he so was funny. anti. Like <laughs> like y'all see y'all see J. John like the model the whatever. <laughs> he wasn't that at all. Like he was not comfortable being in front of a camera. That's really funny. He would always bad mouth like not terrible. Like he would always kind of yeah. say negative things about yeah. creative people. And then like slowly but surely I'm learning more about him. He's like, well, he's like I actually enjoy writing. I was like, oh, you like to write? I was like, where'd that come from? And he kind of explained to me. 
you know, the story about his grandfather and how he was this writer. And blah, blah, blah. I was like, OK, so, yeah, let's let's do something. It's in in uh, there's Beauty in the Rust. Uh, mm-hmm. Is it edition six? Chapter yeah, six? Yeah, or issue six. Issue yeah. six. He's editor in chief. Yeah. So he you it goes from him being like a reluctant like person coming along with yeah. the creator, and he's editor in chief in the last issue. Yeah. One thing I'm like, good about he, he always was talented, but one thing I'm good about with them is like I like kicking them in the butt because I'm I'm all kicking myself in the butt. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I was like, I'm gonna I'm gonna push you, <laughs> which you know they'll probably say like yeah he's a pusher yeah. he'll, he'll let you know. But um yeah like, it, it just when he brought in and the thing is I wasn't necessarily even thinking about him in a writing capacity per se because the project. I didn't really envision words like that, but I knew he could write. So I was like, okay, well, cool. That, that might work out. But I think the three of us just really clicked. And um, we just started working through, honestly, I don't know what we were doing at first. I think we were just getting to know each other, being talented. And, you know, Justin, we had a friend that uh, was doing art and, and she really needed some help. And Justin's like, okay, I got two dudes that are into branding. One that's like more design, um, does a little video. The other guy's trying to learn as much about branding, marketing, social media, which is me. And he's, he does photography, like he's a content creator. Then he's like, I can write. And I, you know, I'm a business minded type of guy. Mm-hmm. Let's do some consulting. We didn't know what the hell we were doing. But we we started working together on some some stuff like that with the vision of, of still doing the lookbook as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but we started getting into that. You know, I don't think we made too much money, but, you know, we really enjoyed working together and like trying to figure out what is it that we want to do. But at least at that time, and, you know, this is more or less my attitude. I didn't enjoy working for other people in this capacity because I feel like I didn't know enough. Mm. And I felt like I didn't get to tell the story. Like what I did this for was to like have more control and to tell stories that I wanted to tell. So I was like, okay, y'all, like I'm going to be the in-house photographer and like be in-house content creator. I don't really want to do this part of it right now. So I was like, I want to focus in on something else. They're like, Mm. okay. So then I was thinking like, well, they're thinking more, this is the beginning of what could be an ad agency or something yeah. like that, where we're like maybe a tool for others, but you kind of yeah. pulled the reins early and was like, this is getting off the rails. We, <laughs> this is like more educational early on. That's interesting. That you yeah. Well, that. I, I didn't, I didn't feel like I always have a inkling that there's more to learn. Uh-huh. And I didn't feel like we offered anything beyond content, actual creation, like actual content creation. Like I didn't think we offered anything strategically, which I didn't know anything about the ad world anyway. I didn't think we offered anything compelling at that point yet. I think the ta- I think we, I think we were all raw talent. Well, I don't think we ex- were exposed to best practices and stuff in terms of working with clients to that extent. So that lack of strategy, I wonder if that comes from coming from more of a formalized background that you guys came from and like recognizing that because from a design background that I come from, like mm-hmm. just more creative, you think that just looking cool and making things mm-hmm. that are subjectively just cool is enough. Yeah. But that's not the, the lack of strategy right there. Like. I'm just Douglas Davis, yeah. uh, the the business of design. Do you know that uh, book? At it all? sounds familiar. Okay, like it's a book that has opened my world to the importance of strategy. Yeah. Do you maybe want to like what that means? What I mean yeah. by that? Like, what does that mean to you? And well, yeah, even just relating it to our story, I was always a big make shit look cool. Like I'm still that way. Like I want things to look good. Mm-hmm. But I recognize that we lacked. I knew in order to make the money. We didn't have any sort of justification as to why we're making the decisions that we're making. All our justification was it looks cool. Hmm. And I knew in order for us to make real money, we need to have better justification. So in terms of strategy, and and that's kind of where I work now, and that's what I ended up developing as kind of my superpower within the group. um, You don't creative decisions have to be made. And I think you have to make compelling work regardless. But what strategy helps the creative do is that we help focus your thinking. And a lot of people are like, well, why would I want that? Like, mm-hmm. why would I want to be 
gated around. I was like, no, as a creative, you need to be gated around. It's going to help you <laughs> because strategy helps you figure out who you're talking to, what you're talking about and why you need to talk about it. Mm. And when you're able to figure those things out as a creative, yeah. your work is more effective. Your ideas are stronger. You have a focused way of thinking and you can get more into the gritty, nitty gritty details that will affect people and have a longer lasting impression with people. And we didn't really have that sort of justification in thinking because a lot of people can make cool stuff. Yeah. But if you don't know who you're talking to, why you're talking to them, what you need to talk to them about, mm -hmm. especially from a marketing standpoint, if you're trying to sell something, mm -hmm. it's never going to work. And I mean, OK, so my mind is going in a couple of different directions, but directly about what you just said, mm -hmm. it, it also allows you to translate to translate what it is you're trying to accomplish to other domains who don't yep. have the shared language that you have, yep. which is super important. And those other domains are where the deep pockets are. Mm -hmm. So like that's important. And it's it's uh, OK, so there's that. Mm -hmm. But it's actually really interesting how uh, I'm always interested in these counterintuitive principles whenever you start digging into how other people operate in their domains. I don't have another word for it, or industries. Mm -hmm. So like in video. Anytime anybody ever comes up to me, he's like, oh, what kind of camera do I need? How do I shoot good video? I was like, actually, the most important thing is audio. Yep. It's not something yep. you don't even understand. What people think of as good video is actually good audio. And, and it's what you're talking about is really interesting because you get this sense as a creative that like anything that kind of constricts your movement and in, in what you want to do is bad. But there's a counterintuitive principle in that, like the more specific you are in what and who and like what, yep. how you're trying to meet people, the deeper or maybe actually sometimes the bigger the audience ends up getting. Exactly. It's weird. Because exactly. it's not it's not necessarily creating a niche. It's more or less like creating focus mm -hmm. because as a creative. You, like you want your work to mean something, but what strategy does is that it tells the story so that you're focused on the execution of that story, because if you're not aligned with the story, you can make the coolest thing ever. If I don't get it. I don't get it. Mm -hmm. Like I try to tell people that all the time, like. You can make art for the sake of making art, but if you're going to quote unquote sell that art or if you feel like you're making something that should connect with people, if people don't get it, they're not going to care. Mm. And what I was very concerned with from the get go, it, it was tough lessons with by design. It definitely was because yeah. I'm very much can be an artist like, well, you know, forget you. Like, you know, I'm definitely read between the lines. Like I'm, I, I like the stuff that makes you think. Uh -huh. But if, if you're not able to understand it, if I can't put it into words in a way that is compelling to you that you can easily understand it. I used to be obsessed with just trying to get a bar off. Like I used to be obsessed with making sure like we just cover this crazy thing. But then later on within by design, I became more obsessed with how simple is this? Yeah. What, what, what exactly? It. Okay. So can you explain that a little bit to mm -hmm. me? Like you were, you used to be focused on what exactly? Yeah. So I, I used to always, we use these big words. We're very academic in terms uh, of how we spoke to our audience, Interesting. which to an extent people liked it, but it also knew like people liked just the visuals that they saw. Does it does this get into I'm really interested in mm. more and more. I'm, I'm starting to be more interested in making sure that I'm not involved in me projects and we projects. Yeah. Like sometimes is this like kind of like an ego thing of like, look at how smart and creative I am. Or is this something that you're actually because by design strikes me as a very much a we project. Yeah. It is a platform. Mm -hmm. And, and you know, when you talk about like maybe being academic and kind of stuff, like maybe that could be a little bit of like, look at us, look at how clever we are type <laughs> things. But then you get down to it and it's like the good fight. It's it's the, the opposite of that. Like yeah. you said, it's simple. It cuts and it's in my head like it, it yeah. cut through the noise like yeah. it's here now. Yeah. So like it's it's really interesting. It feels more we than me. I don't know if that that tracks. with what Yeah. You're... And that's the lesson. That's mm -hmm. the lesson I had to learn. Like it was when we first started developing by design. So essentially 
when the lookbook, when I was kind of tired of doing the, the consulting thing with that, I kind of came back to the guys a couple of days later and basically tried. They know me. I'm a passionate arguer. So I'm going to argue. I'm going to give you all the points why. So I came in there with this battle plan to say, let's put a hold on the services. We can still do that. Let's turn this lookbook idea into a magazine. So I was ready to like battle for it. I came in there. I argued away, like, and they're just listening. They're like, yeah, okay. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, was that easy? Like, okay. Little did I know, Justin later revealed to me, he's like, oh yeah, me and Tony ended up having a conversation shortly after. And Justin's like, I like, I love like, you know, Mumford Allen's like passion. Like, I mm. love that about him. So I was like, because he's this passionate, we might as well try And Tony's like, I'm just down. It's like, cool. Nice, nice. So that, that's how it happened. So from early on, like, I think it was about just trying to get started and like tell particular stories, but like telling the stories of black. So like we had certain principles that we were establishing within the magazine. But I think as we started getting content out there, it's about teaching people who we thought we were. And for the longest time, like I was big on like, it needs to be this, it needs to be that. I want to challenge you. I was very much inspired by the work of Virgil and all that. <laughs> like I'm just understanding who this person is. Yeah, I, I it was know. just there was a way that he spoke that was very academic. It was very high level. Yeah. It was, and the thing is I came from an academic background where I was working on a lot, like I was dealing with a lot of complex issues. Like I, I would learn a lot of that stuff, right? Did I know how to deal with them and solve them? Absolutely mm. not. But like I was being exposed to that. So, you know, I didn't want by design to be simple. Like I wanted us to like have a very strong, complex POV of the world of creativity mm -hmm. and offer something of value. Um, but I don't know when it hit me. I, I think it was probably probably going into like our fourth issue. And I was like, so, yeah, that's like halfway through. <laughs> I was like halfway through our issues. I was like, yeah. around that fourth issue, I was like, I think we should just be a bit more simple. Uh, and then I started adopting that, like telling, you know, the person that worked on the socials, well, she was such a big help, too. I was like, let's not speak overly academic because like it is more of an observation. Like I was like. Every person that I've met through this platform yeah. and through this brand, probably about maybe half, maybe a little more, did not go to college. Mm. They love what we're doing. They didn't go to college. So it was, and then it wasn't like, oh, let's dumb it down because they didn't go to college. No, it was more mm. or less like we can get these concepts off yeah. without having to sound like a book and boring and yeah. like whatever. I didn't want to bore anybody. Yeah. I was like, I want to be able to make sure that they get it. Uh-huh. It's and, all about you getting it. And, and we, I mean, you got to understand where we live. Like, mm -hmm. I, I get the sense that we're really pragmatic people here in Kansas City. Like, it's something, uh, me personally, I've been trying to embrace fashion. I've been trying to embrace a lot of different, like, creative uh, worlds and everything. But, like, something about it just doesn't feel, it's off-putting in a way. Like, just, just the culture, the language, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And I wonder if that's, like, a Kansas City thing. So, like, there is something to be said about, like, mm -hmm. bringing it back down to the grassroots, like, to, to like, you know, it can maybe have all of this mm -hmm. just distilled down. And I'm really interested in distilling it. Distill, distill That's what it was. Things. It was we wanted to challenge people, but also we needed people to understand where we we're coming from in the first place. And I think the most important thing I learned as a marketer, as a brand person, as a creative is like I have to meet people where they are. Yeah. And that's that was the main thing. Oh, this is where you are. I'm trying to get you here. Yeah. But I need to meet you where you are, because I think a lot of times creatives, marketers, all that stuff, they get frustrated. Even people that are building brands, whatever, they get frustrated because they have this idea, but people are over here. Yeah. They criticize, well, people don't want to da-da-da-da-da, or like they don't never want to step it up, or like they just can't connect with people the way that they want to. So they criticize. When in reality, I think we were able to get some very complex or very interesting, thought-provoking 
dialogue and conversations and yeah. content out, but we became more effective because we were able to meet people where they were yeah. and like really tell these stories. And like, I was very, even like in the midst of 2020, so as we're developing the good fight, you know, there was some pressure on us internally within our team to actually like say stuff and like address kind of what was going on, which I don't, by design from the get go has always addressed. Yeah. That's just, we were black. Like we yeah. talk about issues that affect black people, yeah. which is racism, systemic racism, things of that nature. But I, I don't so think we're, we're talking specifically like 2020 George Floyd. Yeah, 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 yeah. So after all that, uh, as that was going on, like I and Justin was aligned with that. The whole team, most of the team was aligned with that. Like we just felt like we felt debilitated. Like me and Justin, especially were working in jobs that we weren't really happy with, mm-hmm. you know, I was still in the later parts of my banking career. Like I hated it. I was being overworked. Everything that was going on in that moment was just overwhelming. It was the pandemic. I really just didn't want to. Pro- we couldn't shoot nothing like it wasn't safe. I was at home all the time. Like, I was like, I'm kind of just don't want to say anything. Like, that's okay. Like, I don't even have something compelling to create, to offer something new. I just wanted to sit back and absorb what people were saying and add a little conversation. But some, like, some of the greatest uh, TV content right now being made are taking breaks. Like, it's not like Atlanta's coming out every year. It's not like uh, exactly. Barry's coming out every year. Like, hey, FX is really good at like, come to us whenever you're ready. Like, yeah. whenever you have something of value to give us. So that's really, that's really And I don't want to say anything. Like, yeah. that's, that's, you know, that's a PR mentality, but I was like, we're not this big corporation. No one, no one has, no one's questioning by design's attention because everybody from, you go to all of our events, like, you know who you're going to see there, you know, who you're going to see in the content. Everybody's like, look, nobody was thinking about by design. People are dying in the streets. See, like, so the, then the, the, the impulse there is, is like to defend what you guys thought, what, what, like, there might've been some conversations of like, hey, we're by design, we might need to do this. Yeah. And it's less, it's less about actually having something of value maybe you want to give out. It's more of like protecting an idea of what you guys are and all that yeah. stuff, which is really interesting, which, which is natural. I'm not going to say that's yeah, bad. It's, it's natural, but you know, understanding the brand and, uh, and having worked with so many of these people, I was like, our roots are established. Uh, no one has an expectation throughout all of this that these black brands, especially these smaller black brands, need to get out and like, yeah. we're not the problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I was like, we, in fact, I always was this way in general, where it's like, I'd rather add value to the conversation versus just contribute to the noise. And what I was seeing on social media, which I love Twitter, like I would engage in the conversation, but you're getting these really interesting conversations like No Name versus J. Cole or Mm. Black Wall Street Mm. made its way up again. All these conversations that I thought were extremely fascinating. Mm. And... I was like, I got some opinions. And I was like, no, I don't think we should look at it that way. Um, so then I would have conversations with my lady. I'd have conversations with Justin. And over time, we just started to shape up what the good fight would be. And I would like write out my ideas and I try to make compelling. Justin kind of helped me edit or like, no, switch this. Or what if we said it like this? Like, yeah, that's a good idea. And like we would by design, like when we first started, like our first real marketing, I would write briefs even before I knew what an actual creative brief is. Yeah. But I'd write them. And we were shaping this one up because just something in my spirit as I came up with like the I came up with the, the, the concept, like the name of the good fight came from an Odyssey album. And I was like, I love yeah. Odyssey. Yeah. I, I, I ate that little piece up for sure. I watched <laughs> all of it because I felt like I, I grew up with some Sudanese dudes. So like they yeah. introduced me to Odyssey. That is the dude. He is the Amazing. dude. I've been a fan Incredible. of his since undergrad. Incredible. As a pro- I mean, you want to talk about as just a producer, but then yeah. he starts getting off on, on the mic. Like it's, yeah. he's incredible. I was telling because and I think what makes Odyssey so interesting in, in my life is that I found the Good Fight album at a very pivotal time in my life because that's when I was starting to get into creativity. 
So it was almost the soundtrack of my photography he career. He has an like album started. called The Good Fight? Yeah. I did not even so know So that's this. where the name came from. Interesting. I got to look yeah. at this. I got to look into this. So that album was, I was heavy on repeat when I was starting photography and going to shoot nice. stuff because it was just that, it was just that song, that album, that soundtrack that just was there. Yeah. yeah. So as, you know, in the August of 2020, like late August 2020, I was really thinking through it. And I don't know what, I just thought of The Good Fight randomly because I was trying to come up with a new concept for the mag. And I look up on Instagram. I was like, huh, Odyssey. Yeah, that'd be dope. I was like, the good fight. That's the name. So then I kind of like wrote out a little description. Just as like, I actually really like that. I was like, okay, dope, dope, dope. So then to make matters even cooler, I was like, well, I was having a lot of luck prior to the pandemic shooting my shot at some more like prominent figures to be in the magazine. Like we got a couple like, for example, like Frank Clark was like down to do it. It just didn't work out, but like, it was like, oh, shit, okay, we got it. We got it. Like, you know, the pandemic didn't do it. I think we would have figured it out. Nice, but nice. I was like, well, let me just shoot my shot at Odyssey. Let me see what happens. Like, hey, Crazy. like, we're working on this issue. Yeah. It's actually inspired by your album mm. from like 2016. Um, you know, we want to talk about this, this is what we usually do. Like, would love if you give us a time for an interview. He responded, I kid you not, he responded back in 30 minutes. See, that and was like, yeah, yeah, let's do it. Yeah. Here's my number. Yeah. Now we had to get our shit together. He was like, oh shit. Absolutely. Like, oh my God. Like, yeah. He probably texted you in Norway or something like on some Northern European yeah, tour Yeah, it or was something. insane. Like insane. So with all of that, but this is just even with Storytelling, meeting people where they were, I saw where the conversations were going and I wanted to add value. I want to add insight. I didn't feel like we knew more than everybody, but I felt like, okay, well, let's give a fresh perspective in POV because we... You know, I come from a background where my some of these topics that we talked about back then, like we were challenged. So I was like, let me see if I can like meet people where they are, kind of challenge them to kind of see something different and then, you know, work with the team to like really align that concept and like piece it together, what it's supposed to mean. And like, you know, and really market it out so people can kind of see that. So really that sort of mentality really came into fruition, like really grew and blossomed around the good fight. We were already kind of teasing it around our fourth issue, which was called the disruptors. Mm -hmm. But issue five is when we really started to meet people where they were. And like mm -hmm. really, and I think the success yeah. is obvious. Like that was like, that went platinum in the streets. But the, the, what made it funnier was like, it didn't go platinum, like it went, it did well at first. Like we built up a lot of momentum and hype, but it was one of those like sustained successes. Like it was yeah. like, boom, okay, cool. Yeah. Okay, it's gonna, then, oh shoot. Like wow. it, it continues to like, like people are still talking to us about the good fight t-shirt to this day. I'm like, God damn. Like it's, it's, been a while. it's, it's, um, what you guys did is really, and it's really interesting to kind of hear, hear the thought behind it. And, uh, it, it, it worked. It mm -hmm. worked. You reached an audience that I'm not like exactly receptive when it comes mm -hmm. to like on, I mean, there's a lot going on there, but when it comes to what the power of what design can do and what, mm -hmm. what storytelling can do, like, I'm, I'm really trying to find some sort of bedrock there that it can kind of help me like weather the storm of life and, and and career and all that kind of stuff. And I can be kind of cynical and not really take it that seriously, but I'm walking around with pride with the by design shirt and like connecting with people that I don't even know. They're like, yeah. like I, Hey, that's a dope shirt. I got the same shirt and all that kind of stuff. And my little nephew, who's like, I'm starting to value his opinion more and more. Cause he is cool now and I'm fucking old as shit. <laughs> so like he'll, he'll ask me about the fucking shirt and he's like, yeah. what, the fuck is what is this? So like, it's a thing yeah. that is, that is, uh, um, understood on the surface yeah. and then you dig into the magazine and it's like, there's this whole- And that's the thing. I want to just make it, we want to make it like things like compelling right when you see it yeah. and then dig deeper. Yeah. Cause I think, and, and like, I'll, I'll probably scale back a little bit. Like I, I wouldn't say we weren't like, we were always connecting with people cause our stories came from our own stories and our own experiences with creativity and try to de derive some insight. But 
we were giving y'all, we were giving people way too much than they asked for. Like some people just want a cool shirt and we understood that. So like we gave something compelling enough to check us out. Yeah. And then if you want to read deeper, yeah, we got tons of Easter eggs and stuff like that. Like either way, issue six, issue six is a very mm. robust, very interesting, like, like thick concept. I, it's like sitting yeah. next to issue five. And I was like, that thing is d- double the size of the one that's underneath it right there. Like, it's I, it's, yeah, it is. And did, I get the sense, is this right or wrong? But like, did, did the, I don't know how to, I don't have the language for it, but did the aesthetic of by design and issue six start like being flexible enough to start changing for each artist or creative you were doing? Cause I get the sense that like it was mm-hmm. way more like colorful and there was a lot more uh-huh. design that was fitting whoever it is you were silhouetting or vignetting in that moment. Is yeah. that the case or no? I think it feels more austere. Like it feels more black and white. And then you get into six and there's a lot more going on. I think it varies. I think probably going into five, I had being the creative director, I guess, on the project, working with Tony, who was the main like designer. And then me kind of working with the photographers as well as me being one of the photographers. I kind of went over Justin and and really wanted less color in five. Yeah. Just because we were very inspired by what we saw from GQ style, which they like, only did a few fonts, left the color to the photography. That was yeah. dope. I think going into six, I think we were okay with like a lot of maximalism and colors and stuff like that, as long as the design made sense. Okay. I think because it was such, I was more focused on is the narrative yeah. there. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, there was probably a lot more color. And also we worked with way more people. Mm-hmm. So that means we're going to get their interpretations mm-hmm. there. So in fact, I kind of did want a lot of color, like mm-hmm. because there's so like there were over 50 people contributing to that magazine yeah. in some capacity. So from that, like I didn't want to like keep things simple. Like I wanted us to have plenty of color and life in that. And it just makes sense that like you would need to have a compass and a map to try mm-hmm. to navigate all that. Like, how can you say yes or no to anything if you don't know what it is you're trying to accomplish with this yep. issue? So like it just. Yep. It, it, yeah, the intentionality behind that really does. It, it serves a practical purpose. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I guess it'll. And, and then, well, yeah, it's just it's just super useful. So like, uh, I'm learning. I'm learning for sure. But um, it's tough. It's tough. But yeah, over time, like we always had a story that would be told throughout the issues. But issue six was by far most detailed and, um, like I said, a linear story. Like we we always had like a, an overarching narrative or campaign per issue. But that was one that was actually a linear story throughout the issue. Interesting. Okay. I don't exactly know what, mm. what that means. Okay. So essentially with issue six, we wanted it to be like an album, like, like good kid, mad city type album okay. where it's like the moment you press play, you were within the story yeah. and throughout each track, it winds you through the story. Yeah. So with this issue, we wanted it to read like that. Oh, whereas I see. we purposely put concepts in Essentially, what we did this time was like rather than just creating a magazine where it's like you just put all these pieces together, then like, okay, well, here's this campaign. Then we go make the pieces and then like it all fits. We basically constructed the story and then took people's stories and pieced them into different areas of the magazine that we thought it made sense. There's some value in going from one to mm-hmm. 60 or 70, whatever the page ends or something like that. Yes. I see. Okay. Cause that, because the Kid Mad City was probably the last album that I actually started and finished from beginning to end because it mm-hmm. just made me do that the way it was constructed. Mm-hmm. So that's actually really interesting. Yeah. So it's like you start off, like the story being told is like how one individual's journey of creativity that at the very end could basically open up a new hmm. world of possibilities, hmm. like a new world shift the way that we think because it's, it's a creative journey it starts off from like finally getting to the point of understanding that you are creative you make things you enjoy it you need to express yourself 
Then it goes from you meet creative people, other people that are like you. So you creative friends and then from friends to community and then community turns into commerce. It's like your man makes this. You buying that you buy, you know, you make this. They're buying that commerce. Then you realize, holy snap. Well, we're doing all this, but there's some things that stand in the way of everyone feeling like they're successful. And then you realize your creativity is the key to breaking down those barriers and creating the society you've always wanted. That's the story. And that, that, and that is a fitting way to kind of, uh, I guess, cap off. I don't know if you want to call it that saga because by design yeah. is not over, but it's just yeah. whatever that form was. Like, that's mm-hmm. a fitting way to kind of. It was our story. Yeah. It was our story. Yeah. It was each every is, individualist. That yeah. was your arc from mm-hmm. issue one to issue six. Because mm-hmm. I was just about to ask, like, where chapter one came from, mm-hmm. where you even understood what creativity and storytelling and all that could do like is that did that come from a book did that come from like intuition did that come from interacting with other creatives um i don't know i think you know when you're in the first part of the magazine it's about you you're not concerned about the larger implications at when i first started i just want to be a better photographer i just want to make stuff yeah you know justin was reluctant about creativity you know tony was like okay i need something to sink my teeth into and we didn't really think like when we created by design, clearly there's like a need, we recognize a need for, but I think by that time we knew we were creatives. We were just, I think that was more kind of more the middle part where it's like, we were trying to build a community of people just to connect with and like, feel like they're part of something. There was never like a, Oh, this platform can tell you can challenge you. You know what I mean? Like we may have been doing that a little bit, but I don't think that was our main focus. Our main focus was connection and well, first being better. And then it became connecting and like, feeling good yeah and then over time it's like oh this is a powerful mechanism that yeah. can shift everything right. so yeah, yeah at first we're just trying to get better <laughs> yeah yeah that's everybody that's me for sure <laughs> absolutely um i guess uh my my second to last question yes would be now that you kind of it's almost impossible to see the world the way you saw it before you got into any of this. Now mm-hmm. every commercial, now every uh, way that a business institution tries to reach out to people with its marketing, print, uh, and all that kind of stuff, you just look at it with different eyes now. What mistake, and we'll keep it kind of small, whether it's small businesses or somebody as a brand, yeah. what mistake do you think people make the most that you see? Like, mm-hmm. is it the lack of strategy and intentionality? Do you think some people conflate or like actually don't even understand that there's a conflict between the messaging and the way you operate yeah. or what, like, what, what do you think people might be missing about? Like a graphic is not a brand <laughs> or it's just something. What do you, yeah, what do you I think there's a lot of, well, the problem is, especially in the marketing world, brand building world, there's a lot of misconceptions that exist out there. A lot of misinformation spread. Even because, in the marketing world. Yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Interesting. Yes. Interesting. And then of course, like I think I, I had a concert with Jeremy and like we were talking about, um, I was like, I don't think there's any industry or like topic that is more mis misguided in terms of like the social conversation, like branding, uh, fitness, and I think investing. Those three areas are like some of the most like incorrectly wow. misinformation shared on social media. Yeah. So I think a lot of people probably believe the wrong things. I do think, and I didn't even know strategy existed until much later. Um, like I knew it was a, like to know brand and like, then I heard the term brand strategy and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like that. I kind of know, but I didn't really know what that meant. Mm-hmm. But I do think there is value in strategy, even as a small business. Like you do not need to get into the weeds. You don't need to do like you don't have to do extensive research on consumers and stuff like that or like these huge cultural observations. But I think what yeah. it is value is whenever you are looking to make a piece of content, 
whenever you're looking to make advertise, it is important to think about who is this towards yeah. and what are we actually saying? Mm-hmm. Because like that idea of meeting people somewhere, like if you are a brand, we can't live in this world of ideally, what are people actually doing? Yeah. And I think we get caught up in like what we want people to do when in reality, they're not going to do that. Yeah. So, you know, where do we actually meet them to get them to do what we actually need them to do? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think having a strategic approach to your creative matters because you're going to waste money paying creatives to make stuff that's ineffective. Yeah. You're going to get discouraged. The next thing you know, you're bad mouthing your community. Like mm-hmm. it, it just, it just, it's, a, it's a downhill thing. So yeah. like you got to learn people like I've never bad mouthed the people that have supported us or whatever, because we're able to at least find some ways to connect with them. Yeah. I was telling people, it was like, we don't have that many posts on social media. Like I used to always think we had to like work really hard and produce a lot of content to get content people to know is king is a thing that I'm I'm hearing all the mm-hmm. time and I'm suspicious of it. But I don't I don't want to project my own mm-hmm. stuff on on what could be successful or not. So I'm still learning. Content is king, but a lot of content doesn't mean you'll be successful. Yeah, you got to create effective, hardworking content. Mm. And we got better towards like the latter end, like especially throughout 2021, where we didn't produce a ton of content. But the content that we did produce was effective. Cut through the noise. Yeah, it was distinct. People were able to recognize, oh, I do know by design. Yeah. Or, oh, I have seen them. I've heard of them before. Like, you know, they were able to be attached to it a little bit more. Like, oh, they're, they're dropping something. I just remember that. They're doing something. So I'm, I'm, I'm going I'm to show, show up to see if, like, I, I like what I see. Like, our content was effective enough to get you to at least consider, yeah. to think about it. Like, yeah. well, maybe I will buy this. Or, like, maybe I will go see what mm-hmm. it's all about. Mm-hmm. So I think, yeah, the, like, a strategic approach will definitely help people focus and like make more effective and make your creators feel better, make better work that hopefully leads to your goals, whatever that is. Yeah. They might, they might like kick and scream, but it actually does help a creative if you're trying to like, if you give them what it is that you're trying to Mm -hmm. do specifically, like a new website is not useful. A new website that's trying to convert people and get their emails is way more useful. Like this is what we're trying to do. Like it's, so, so, well, in yeah. fact, you're going to get creators more excited if you have a strategic approach. Yeah, like really it was are. way easier to work with creators in 2021 when I started bringing some strategy to it because they get inspired. They yeah. get excited. Yeah. They're like, yeah, oh, that I didn't think about it that way. Yeah. Now their brain's turning on how to like create that, yeah. how to make something out of that. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that part's important. Like, I think a lot of people miss in on the strategies there to inspire the creatives because it gives them a little bit more context and like a little bit more um, a way in yeah. to solve a problem creatively. Okay. For sure. All right. Um, I'm a million different other things, but, uh, it's only so much, you know, so much I could eat. I, I, it's, we could go on for forever on this, but, uh, I really appreciate your time. For Thank sure. you for sure. And, uh, um, I guess the way that we kind of usually end this is, uh, you can answer, um, one or both of these questions. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll give you both the questions real quick. The first one is what is a book that you found very uh, useful or like pivotal for you or that you just like really enjoy? Um, at some point in your life. And the other question is, what's a piece of advice that you would have given yourself, or would love to have given yourself 10 years ago? That's not yeah. commodities or money related or something <laughs> like that. Uh, book, uh, random. Uh, I think it's The Will to Change by Bell Hooks. So I actually read that in 2020. So I was always kind of like pro-feminism <laughs> for a little while I, before I read that book. But I think I never really heard... That's going to be the takeaway from the whole pod. Now yeah. we had this whole conversation. Yeah. One was not a feminist. Yeah. <laughs> just not, well, no, I'd say I'm very, I'm, 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 uh, I, I don't want to use labels, but like I definitely yeah. would side with feminism more than I would with anything else. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, especially like intersectional. But yeah, I think what makes that book so important for me 
is that I never really understood. I always understood the, when it comes to feminism, it's about giving women the opportunity to just be women, right? But what that book really challenged me was like understanding the damage men have caused from like a violence perspective and stuff like that. And what does it mean to actually give love and the love that men lack? Like it really taught me more about men than it taught me about women. Interesting. Um, which I kind of knew these things, but I, I didn't really have it explained to me like that before. So hmm. why I thought that was so pivotal, one, it just kind of changed my outlook and continuing to transform my outlook on like interacting with different people. But then also, I think exposing yourself to those ways of thinking makes you a better creative. And I think it made me a better creative because I was able to understand because I think a lot of times men or those that participate in systems and benefit from systems will replicate whatever the system tells them to. Mm -hmm. Whereas when you're challenged to see that you are in a privileged position or you benefit from something, it makes you look at things from a different lens. Mm. It means you are able to have a wider depth in terms of what you're able to talk about, how you're able to talk to people. And even just the little nuances like, no, we don't subscribe to that. So we're not going to say that, or we're not going to work with that, or we're not going to move with that. Or like, Ooh, that's not inclusive of that. So that's the spellbinding thing about, yeah. about like, uh, uh, a corporate structure give, being given to you because you know what a win looks like. Mm -hmm. Wins and losses are given to you. The mm -hmm. metrics are given to you. And like we're competitive people. So like you never, it's actually not really rewarded to kind of do that kind of like infinite game meta analysis of like, mm -hmm. what are like, what, what, what would I change or, yeah. or, or what lovers are here that, that like, you know, I can, I can accept and reject maybe some of these things and still be able to like salvage a lot of the things that I care about. Anyways, go ahead. Well, no, I was, like, I think that's what made some of our work, especially Good Fight and all that compelling is because we, we did our best to like continue to challenge people and having subscribing to that way of thinking allowed us to communicate in a way that people were able to get it or, you know, more people feel like, oh, I'm a part of this. Like people felt included because we were, we did our homework, we do our homework. So that, that book was very, like very fundamental. And, and also me, like also like emotionally, like combating some of the things that I was going through. Like, I think that was a great realization that I am not my job. <laughs> Whatever I do for my career does not define who I am. Man. Um, yeah. That's, so that's tough. That was important. That's tough. Um, now in terms of what I would teach myself, um, or like what I tell myself 10 years ago. Yeah. Ooh, like, <laughs> I think it would be a little bit related to the book in terms of like, allow yourself to feel and have those emotions. Cause I, like you can't work away the emotions. And that's kind of what I would do at times. Like I could be down. I could like, I am, I can be a high functional functioning depressed person. Like I'll work through it, but as best as I can. But I think 2020 was such a debilitating time. That's really struggling to work through stuff. Like I just couldn't, like my body wouldn't allow me to even at my job. Like it was over demanding, but I couldn't even like yeah. bring myself to even do anything. My body was tired. My yeah. mind was tired. So I, I would just, you know, tell myself, you can't work through the pain. You got to feel it. You got to experience it. You have to embrace it. You have to share. Right. I wasn't now a you're doing too much. Don't, don't do that. I know, I'm don't do that. I'm don't do that. Deep. The sharing part is deep. hard. Man. It's tough, God. but you got to because <sighs> niggas too busy making these. They think they're making therapeutic songs, but it adds no value. You just put your pain on this thing. You didn't do it. So it's like for me, like I had to like feel and reconcile. That's why I even told Justin now, because like we get this itch to want to create stuff now like as we're kind of in like break mode right now like yeah. transition like yeah. oh like maybe we do this campaign we got another campaign in yeah. us and by the time i was like i text him, i was like no i was like we need to feel more uh, we need to just experience more yeah. that's what made our stuff so good yeah. we just we experienced it and we reconciled with it and we we talked about it and we 
came to with like an insight or a conclusion. Like we're trying to get to the insight. We're not just trying to give you raw pain. Yeah. We want to get to a, an insight. And I appreciate people that do that. Like we went, we did the work. We felt, we did our homework. We cried, we fought, we, and now we're going to be transparent with an insight at the end. So yeah, and, feel. And we're, we're all better for it. 1000%. And I can kind of see like you can, it, it's special to see people who are in the trenches, whether it's roommates to like business partners mm-hmm. to like collaborators and they come out and they're still as close as they were, maybe even closer on the other side. Oh. So like that, that means a lot seeing that. Those are my brothers, man. They that's were, good. they were at my engagement. Like that's this, like good. me and Justin came into, we we're friends. Like we we're pretty good friends, but like, that's yeah. my guy. Yeah. Tony's like a brother to me as well. And good. it's, and that's, that's what it is. Like, and also we never let business get in the way of brother, like from the start, when we used to have little conflicts in the front, like, yeah. bro, we can quit this shit today. Yeah. We are friends. Yeah. Like, Good. and I think that's important too. Like, Good. those are my brother. Yeah. We fuss with each other, whatever, but like, we not finna like beef or not talk to each other. I'm going to call him. If yeah. I got a problem with him, he's going to call me if I have a problem with them. And it's the same way. Like, we're going to talk about it. We're going to get on the same page. We're going to hug each other out. Then we're going to keep going. And there we go. That was very crucial for, for me and Justin. Cause I, I can be a little bit of a hothead with him and he can, he can kind of recluse sometimes. So like, you know, that was the beautiful thing about our relationship over the years. Like we really be on the same page and we really just be on the same page. I, lo- I love that. Like, good. This is good. So yeah. Sure. All right. Appreciate you, sir. That, yeah. This was, this was fun. This is ex- almost exactly what I thought it was going to be. It was like super fun. And I, I, I learned a lot and, uh, we'll, uh, uh, good luck out in New York Thank and uh, excited to see what comes next. And, uh, you know, when I get more discretionary income, by design is definitely going to know about it because your sales are going to increase. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, appreciate you, sir. I'm and, excited uh, for you. Yeah, for sure. Appreciate it. And uh, all, right, so. all right, man. Good stuff. <laughs> the music and the theme song Groovy was provided by MC Color. And the links to said work will be provided in the description below.